what we do here is go back, 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 back. This is Mrs. Lassiter's list of AP Biology tips. Welcome. If you're tuning in, you're probably one of my AP Biology students or you're interested in learning more about the AP Biology exam. In this fifth episode, we'll go through the first of the four big ideas. In my class, we don't go through the big ideas in order throughout the year. Instead, they're mixed and interwoven throughout different units. A lot of biology teachers don't cover the big ideas in order, and that's okay. The four big ideas are going to be the basis for the AP Biology curriculum, and they represent the important themes that should be covered and integrated throughout the year. And this is where we get the bulk of the content we cover in class, But remember, the science practices are just as important as the big ideas, so be sure to go back and listen to episode 4 if you haven't already, which is all about the science practices. If you're looking for other test-taking strategies, be sure to check out the other episodes already posted. So within the big ideas are essential knowledges and learning objectives, which you can review in the AP Biology course description online. This is a really big document, but it's good to skim through at least once during your review period. If you haven't done so already, I really encourage you to go to the AP Biology course homepage on AP Central and review the entire curriculum framework. It should be a really big PDF, and you can scroll through it. I wouldn't recommend printing it out because, again, it's a very long document, but it's a good thing to review before the actual exam. All right, so what are these big ideas? Let's go through each one briefly, and remember, this podcast focuses on big idea one, so we'll go back to that. Big idea one, the process of evolution drives the diversity and unity of life. Big idea two, biological systems utilize free energy and molecular building blocks to grow, to reproduce, and to maintain dynamic homeostasis. Big idea three, living systems store, retrieve, transmit, and respond to information essential to life processes. And big idea four, biological systems interact, and these systems and their interactions possess complex properties. So if we had to summarize each of these big ideas in one or two words, big idea one would be evolution. Big idea two, pretty much free energy, cellular processes. Big idea three, DNA and information. Big idea four, interactions and systems, and this is where we put most of ecology. So today we're just going to cover some of the main topics in big idea one, mention how they've shown up on past FRQs, and talk about some strategies for answering questions related to big idea one. So one of the major topics and one of the first topics in Big Idea 1 is going to be natural selection. So by now I'm sure you're very comfortable and familiar with natural selection, and it's a really good idea to have several examples of natural selection in your brain bank before you go to take the exam. So some really popular ones are going to be how antibiotic resistance occurs, how pesticide resistance occurs, DDT, the peppered moth situation. But if you have others um, up your sleeve, it's good to have a few extra examples. Now, in 2016, the first question on the FRQ, and again, all the FRQs I reference are available online. If you just Google AP Biology FRQ and then the year, you should be able to find it. You can also go on the College Board website for the AP Biology course page and find these pretty quickly. And you should be able to find both the questions and the scoring guidelines as well. These are two separate documents, so you can pull one up, quiz yourself, and then grade yourself with the scoring guidelines after you've tested yourself with the plain old FRQ questions. So in 2016 on the AP Biology FRQ 
Question number one involved graphing the frequency of a certain allele in muscles. So, of course, this wasn't the entire question, but part of the points you got were for creating this graph and then looking at the allele frequency in this population. So I encourage you to go and practice that question and see where you score and how you would do if you just tried that question on your own. Another example of a natural selection sort of related question would be 2014 question number four. This is related to guppies in experimental environment and their evolution. Now, this also dips into ideas in genetic drift and other mechanisms of evolution that aren't natural selection. But if you're able to explain how natural selection is occurring in this guppy problem, um, you could also get points as well. So let's talk quickly about other types of evolution, other mechanisms of evolution that aren't natural selection. Remember, these are things like genetic drift. And genetic, genetic drift, it's important to remember, is non-selective, and it generally involves small populations. So think of something, an example of a population bottleneck or the founder effect. So if we go back to the guppy question, you can talk about genetic drift resulting in these generations with, when we're seeing the decreased number of spots in this particular environment. So go back and check out that question. Also within Big Idea 1 is going to be the Hardy-Weinberg equilibrium. Now, you'll have to use your math skills for this. Hardy-Weinberg equilibrium has not been on an AP Biology FRQ in a while, but it is within the scope of the course. Also within Big Idea 1 is going to be the Hardy-Weinberg equilibrium. Now, you'll have to use your math skills for this. Hardy-Weinberg equilibrium has not been on an AP Biology FRQ in a while, but it is within the scope of the course. An important thing to remember about Hardy-Weinberg and when you're performing Hardy-Weinberg problems is that using Hardy-Weinberg is like using a null hypothesis and that the Hardy-Weinberg equilibrium is the null hypothesis that no evolution is occurring. Remember, this is a theoretical population that does not occur in nature, and um, it's the standard by which we're looking at evolution. So if evolution is occurring, it will not meet Hardy-Weinberg equilibrium. So keep that in mind as you use Hardy-Weinberg equilibrium and as you try to explain it after you calculate frequencies. Now, when I say Hardy-Weinberg has not shown up on FRQs in a while, it can still show up on multiple choice questions or grid-ins, so be on the lookout for that. Another important topic within Big Idea 1 is evidence for evolution. So these are things like biochemical evidence, and we're commonly going to see amino acid co uh, comparisons and DNA RNA sequences compared. We're going to look at comparative embryology, comparative anatomy, thinking, look, looking at things like homologous structures. We can look at geographical evidence. We can look at fossils. We can date where the fossils came from. So think of each type of evidence for evolution, have examples of how we use that, and be able to evaluate the strength of each type of evidence. So I wanted to do a quick note on embryology. Embryology, you will need to know about as far as a type of evidence for evolution. I'm thinking of how similar organisms may have similar features uh, while they are developing. Humans have gill slits and tails as they develop as embryos. But within the AP Biology course description, the actual study of embryology is a little bit limited. So this is something that you might have seen in your textbook, but it's not something you necessarily need to memorize in the AP for the AP Biology exam. So for example, it actually says in the AP Biology course description that names of the specific stages of embryonic development are beyond the scope of the course of the AP exam. So there may be a question about embryonic development, which actually correlates more closely to Big Idea 2 and 4 specifically, but 
if that question, if you saw a question surrounding embryonic development, it would be more of a thinking question based on a model provided where additional information about embryonic development and memorization of the things like cleavage, blastulation, gastrulation really wouldn't help you. So there's a good example of this type of question on the course description. It's on page 154. You can read the question and read an example, uh, an explanation of the type of essential knowledge and science practices you would need to answer that question. And it's more about using models, like I said. But I wanted to make sure I emphasize this, and I can't say this enough, you will encounter new material on the exam. The College Board is going to reference experiments, techniques, data, even organisms you probably have never heard of before, but you should not get nervous about that. If you have prepared well for the exam, you should be able to read and analyze this new material and use evidence provided along with your AP Biology knowledge to draw conclusions and come to the correct answers on the exam. These are meant to test how you use information, but they are not meant to uh, scare you into thinking, oh my gosh, this is not something we studied and I know nothing about this topic. It's okay if you see something you've never seen before. All right, so let's roll back and go back to the evidence for evolution. One important piece of evidence you'll probably encounter is glycolysis. So this is a metabolic process. It is a conserved process through almost all organisms. And maybe you'll have to justify why glycolysis itself is uh, an important piece of evidence. And you could say something like the origin of glycolysis is going to predate cell types with membrane-bound organelles, so eukaryotes. So some of the earliest organisms were able to perform glycolysis and later on organisms still use it. A good example of an FRQ using evidence for evolution is going to be from 2013, question number three. You'll have to select an appropriate sample. So it asks you to select an appropriate sample of rocks in which to search for a transitional species. And they give you information about uh, what type of species you're looking for and the, and the dates of those samples. And then you have to justify your selection. So I encourage you to go find that. It's AP Biology FRQ from 2013, question number three. All right, phylogenetics. Now, phylogenetics trees show up a lot on the exam, not just in the multiple choice, but also in the FRQs. These are very common. It's rare that they're going to ask you to freehand draw a phylogenetic tree. It could happen, though. Um, but most of the time, they're going to have a cladogram or a phylogenetic tree already provided with blank taxa or blank ends of the tree, and you'll have to place organisms on a tree based on evidence that they provide. So a good example of this would be from 2015, question number three, uh, or the FRQ from 2014, question number two. So I encourage you to go try both of those if you're looking for practice for phylogenetic trees. All right, also in big idea one, We'll cover the ideas of speciation and extinction. You should be able to recognize and use examples related to like allopatric and sympatric speciation um, and different cases of extinction. Always have specific examples in mind when you're studying these as well. Also, we'll be covering the origin of life. So think about the scientific evidence and how you would evaluate hypotheses about the origin of life on Earth. Think about the different types of models. Think about the idea of panspermia, organic soup models. Model, um, and predict how we could use experimental evidence to support any of these models. And think about the RNA world model for the origin of life, where the first cells relied on RNA, not DNA, for information storage and transmission. So some pieces of evidence that we could use to support this would be the ribosome, which is made of RNA, and its job is to put amino acids together, and how some RNA molecules, so certain subunits of the ribosome, have a catalytic function. So they can catalyze things like the ribozyme of the ribosome. 
and how RNA is a self-replicating molecule. So all of these would be good pieces of evidence to support the RNA world model for the origin of life. Don't forget about endosymbiosis, the idea that these mutually beneficial interactions between prokaryotes led to the rise of eukaryotic cells. Think about the evidence we use to support endosymbiosis, how mitochondria is membrane-bound, has its own DNA, how it houses metabolic processes. So those are just some of the topics, hopefully, that will jog your memory about things that you should review in Big Idea 1. This is not all, but hopefully this has highlighted things that you need to go back and study. Next up, we'll do a quick review of Big Idea 2. So thanks for listening and stay tuned. AP Biology is trademark registered by the College Board, which is not affiliated with and does not endorse this podcast. Thanks.